0: Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week we're going to be learning Maseches Ksubos, Daf Chavtes, and Daf Chavtes concludes, or uh, really Daf Chav Chesam concluded the Parak HaIsha Shenis Armala, the Parak that dealt all about uh, the Ksuba and many of the different ramifications of the uh, the existence of the Ksuba. and now we're going to make our way into the third Parak of our Mesechta, the Parak of Elu Naaros. The Parak of Elu Naaros is a fascinating Parak. It's a Parak that's often learned uh, in the yeshivas. There's a tremendous amount of analysis and lambdas uh, in the parak, And the parak mainly deals with the word, with the world of uh, knossos and a concept of kimle bidarab which we'll uh, discuss as we uh, as we go on. And specifically about kimle in the world of ones and mefata. So what are these concepts of ones and mefata? So we have psukim that appear in bes of Sefer Dvarim, where the Torah says as follows. And the Torah tells us so basically a uh, man goes ahead and he um, has a relationship with a woman who is a Na'ara, which will explain uh, what that means in terms of ages momentarily. And uh, basically he goes ahead and he has, uh, he has a relationship with her. And then the next Pasuk says in Pasuk kasef. He's given this, uh, penalty of 50 kesa, 50 shekel that he has to give. The lo siel isha. And part of the punishment that he's going to receive is he has to marry her. That he has to go ahead and he has to live with her the entire uh, his entire life. That's the world of Onas. This is a woman who is, or a uh, a nara who is raped by, uh, raped by this man. Now we have a situation that we're going to discuss that's referred to as a mefateh. The concept of mefateh means somebody that goes ahead and somebody that's seduced. And the Torah tells us uh, in Parashah uh, Beis of Sefer Shmos so uh, a man goes ahead and he has uh, a relationship with a besula who has not been uh, engaged yet and uh, he has to go and he has to marry her lo and but if they uh, decide that this is not going to be a pleasant marriage so um so, um, he can, um, you know, he can, uh, he can, uh, he can leave. She can leave. Most likely, this would not be, uh, you know, the, uh, the perfect world of Shalom bias. But these are basically the two Makoros that we have from the Torah that get us into the discussions that we're going to be having in the third parak of, uh, of Meseches Ksubos. So the Rambam, interestingly enough, in the first parak of Hilchos Ishus describes that anybody that has a relationship with a woman without Ishus, that's Lashem Zenus, so that person is going to be Lokem in and it's considered to be as if that person was Boa kadesha That's an illicit relationship, regardless of uh, many of the, uh, you know, many of the uh, surrounding uh, halachic descriptions that this woman may have, that he may have. Once he goes ahead and once he has a relationship with somebody, in which there is no ishus, that is considered to be according to the Rambam. Zinus, that person would be chay of Malkus. So our Mishnah gets underway, and our Mishnah begins with the following statement. And the Mishnah describes that elunaros There are women who are entitled to a knas, entitled to a uh, into a uh, a fine if they are raped. Who are these women? So haba mamzeres. Via via So we have three women. That our Mishnah goes ahead. That our Mishnah describes for us that um, that this woman, her father would be uh, able to accept a fine if she goes ahead, and if she, uh, unfortunately, obviously Chassishalom finds herself in a situation in which she got raped. Now we have to try to understand what this word Naara means and what. Category, what age group does this woman fall? So there are generally three ways in halacha that we refer to women. We have a woman who's under 12 years old. That woman is referred to as a katana, A woman who is ages 12 to 12 and a half. That woman is actually the subject of our Mishnah. That woman is a nara. And then we have what's called the bulgeres. The bulgeres is somebody who is, uh, somebody who is uh, above 12 and a half years old. Happens to be that the first Rashi in our Mishnah points out Dafkan, and our missioner rather points out that Dafkanara, right? So this woman has to be specifically in Ara, specifically between 12 and 12 and a half. Okay, so these are the uh, the 12 months between her turning 12 and her becoming 12, uh, 12 and a half, which is mashma, which implies that afterwards there is going to be no knas in such a situation. Now, how do we determine physical maturity? And what does that look like? What does that process look like on a halachic level? So, Rabbah, and the Gemara Nida actually describes, and this becomes what's called the Chazaka derava, in terms of determining uh, physical maturity, in terms of physical statuses, what a person's going to be chayav halachically, and what a person is going to get uh, uh, pottered from halachically. But Rabbah describes. That once we have the concept of shanim, once this girl is twelve years old, so we can assume that she has the simane gavrus as well. That she is going to be a developed woman, and she's going to possess the uh, the the necessary components that's going to describe her as an adult woman, and uh, the chazaka is that along with shanim come simanim. That we don't need to check physically, and certainly when it comes to mitzvahs that are mitzvahs de When it comes to mitzvahs Doraiso, we are a little bit more, uh, a little bit more machmir, and this would be a situation, this would come uh, in a situation where we have a boy. Let's say we have a boy who uh, is, um, is uh, 13 years old, and we're not sure whether or not this boy is going to have uh, Simane Gavrus, but he has turned 13 already at this point in time. So what would be the halachic ramification of this in terms of whether or not he's allowed to fulfill our chiyuv in mitzos ase on a Risa level? So let's say this boy wants to read Parsha Zachor. So can this boy go ahead and read Parsha Zachor? Now we know for sure that he's 13 years old, but we aren't sure if he has shown signs of uh, signs of maturity. So what should one do? So the Shulchan Aruch actually describes in Paskin's the in terms of uh in terms of uh who is uh who is going to be uh, who is going to be uh, able to go ahead and be a chazin. So the Shulchan Aruch describes that we can rely on this, uh, on this, uh, on this chazaka, and we can assume that if a person has shanim, person is going to have simanim as well. It happens to be that when we have a mishnah such as this mishnah, a mishnah which describes elunaros sheishlan knas, there is most definitely going to uh, appear a mishnah that's going to come later on in our masechta in which we're going to be presented with a group of naros that. do do not have a knas and the Mishnah on Daph Ahmed Vav describes Ve'ilu She'ein L'Hen Knas. There are cases of Nairos who are not going to be entitled to receiving a fine. The mission over there, Allah and Vavam and Beis describes Habal So somebody goes ahead and has a relationship with a convert or a uh, a woman who is captive. So those are going to be cases that there is no uh, there is no uh, knas that's going to be in store And the uh, mission the Gemara over there points out why uh why that would uh why that would be uh, because of once again this concept of Kimle Bidirabamine that if there is a chi of misa if there is a punishment a penalty that a person is going to be obligated with that's extreme that's uh that's um much more stringent, shall we say. So there's not going to be a monetary payment that you're going to be chayit. And when this concept of kimle is going to apply is going to be a concept, a topic of discussion over the course of the next few daf of the third parak of Maseches Ksubos. Now, what exactly is this monetary payment? So the puzzle that we spoke about, uh, a few moments ago tells us about this 50 shekel fine that the man who is Ma'ane a so woman has to pay. And this punishment, this is a punishment as, and a fine, which would come in addition to anything else he would have to pay for, for damaging her, uh, at that point. So the Gemara and Bavakama and Daf and the Mishnah later on and Daf Lamed Test describe the fact that, uh, if a woman goes ahead and a woman, uh, uh, loses all sorts of, um, financial uh, capabilities and financial potential. Perhaps she's going to be humiliated and perhaps there's going to be uh, medical uh, treatment that she's going to require. So this is all in addition to all of that that he would obviously also be high of to go ahead and uh, and to pay for. So the first three mish, uh, women that our Mishnah presents that this uh, person is going to be high of for having a relationship with are Imam Zeres, a, uh, a woman who... Uh, goes ahead. And, uh, the, uh, the exact definition of a mamzeris is, uh, a, uh, a child of a, relic- of, of an illicit relationship. So, uh, that illicit relationship, according to the Gemara in Yavamo, Sandaf, Mem, Tess, is going to be chay of Karis. So a mamzeres, a Nisina, and Akusi. So both, uh, or really all three of these have a tremendous amount written about who they are and what gives them a spot in our Mishnah. So that was Imam Zaris. What's a Nesina? So the Nesinas, the Nesinim really were a group of Kenanim who lived in Kenan during the times of Yoshua and posed as travelers uh, and tried to make a treaty with Yoshua. And because of what they did and their deceptive nature, so David HaMelech banned Jews from going ahead and marrying them. In the Gemara uh, and daf Ayin describes all of these, uh, all of these, uh, all of these people. And the Rambam and Hilchos Yisur and Perak, uh, Perak Aleph Halacha Chaf Bezit through Chaf Dalid uh, has a similar discussion about these Nesinim. And uh, these are the Nesinim and the Kusim uh, were a group of uh, people that the, that the, uh, the the navi tells us about in Melachim Be'ez in Perak Yud and they were one of the uh, nations that were brought by uh, one of the uh, kings in Assyria to come and settle Eretz Yisrael, and uh, the Kusim also were not uh, were not uh, did not undergo valid conversion. Did not undergo Valagiris based on the Gemara uh, in Kidushin on Ayin hey. and therefore we're not allowed to go ahead and have relationships with these uh, with these kusim. So there's actually a fascinating shayla that came uh, to the desk of Ruf Zilberstein and his Chashuk Yechemed on our Mishnah, and Ruf Zilberstein has a, uh, a shayla about somebody who intermarries. He uh, al Atslan, unfortunately goes ahead and he marries a, uh, a non-Jewish woman, and uh, he has children with her, and then all of a sudden they get divorced, and he decides that he wants. Wants to uh, return back to Klal Yisrael and back to Torah and back to Mitzvos and he divorces his wife. He takes the children along with him and the question arises when he's living with these children that are children from a um, uh, a uh, non Jewish woman. So is he able to eat from the Kalim? Of the uh, of the uh, of these children and these children want to make their father uh, lunch dinner etc. The pots and pans of this child is uh, are these pots and pans going to be subject to the violation of eating kalim that interacted with uh, items that were uh, that were bishalakim? So the shulchan aruch in Yorodea and Simon kuf yud gimel if tezayin describes that kalim that uh went ahead and went and cooked in. So these are. Uh, uh, require uh, to be kashered. You have to go ahead and you have to kosher these kalim. There is a problem to go ahead and to use these kalim. But there is an opinion that's brought in the Shulchan Aruch over there that they're that they don't require it to be kashered and therefore uh, certainly adin, the base level. Uh, of such a situation uh, is that we should uh, we should try to uh, we should try to avoid eating from these uh, eating from these kalim but says Rezobershtin that B'Shashat Chak in a very uh, challenging situation in which case we're trying to keep all of these people on the derech and we're uh, we don't want these people to uh, to become to distant from Torah and Mitzos so he describes that maybe we can be so mechon this second day in the Shulchan Aruch that the kalim, that this guy, that this uh, child, this non Jew cooked on, are going to be mutter without having to go ahead and having to uh, kasher them. And uh, therefore, Zilberstein comes to the conclusion that in this situation, in such a situation, we can go ahead and we can uh, be meikel. so. Uh, again, a wonderful Shiloh that, uh, that's presented to, uh, Tour of Zilberstein in this situation. So the Gemara then picks up and the Gemara opens up. Uh, with, uh, with the, uh, with the following question. The Gemara wants to know, um, these women who are psulos, these naros that are psulos, so they get a knas. And the Gemara wants to know, let's say you go ahead and let's say you, uh, you're boel a, uh, a woman who is kosher. So is this, uh, woman not going to get a knas? And, uh, the Mishnah goes on and the Gemara goes on over here to describe all of the different ramifications of a nara, of a katana, of Kimle bid and all of the times that these, uh, that these concepts uh, are going to appear when we're going to apply them and when we're going to put them to use. There happens to be a beautiful uh, that, uh, that appears over here as well and the Pasuk describes the, uh, the situation uh, in, uh, the Pussyc in Sefer Dvarim, rather, describes the story of a man that goes ahead and rapes this woman. And the Pussyc concludes, liisha, that she has to become his, uh, she has to become his wife. So based on that, concept that he has to go ahead and he has to marry her. So the Maharal and his Teferis Yisrael, one of the great thinkers of the, uh, the 1600s, the great Maharal of Prague, so he writes that this is actually why Akarosh Baruch needed to force us to accept the Torah. The Gemara tells us in Shabbos and Daf Pechas that Hashem was kafa alayim har kigigis, that Hashem forced us into, Hashem uh, basically uh, put us... Into a situation in which our backs were against the wall and we were forced to accept the Torah. And what was the reason, says the Maharal that Akharashparch had to go ahead and do this? Was because Hashem didn't want us to divorce him. Hashem wanted us to have this relationship with him through thick and thin. And therefore, uh, Hashem went ahead and Hashem was us into accepting the Torah. Once there was the situation of onus that took place, we needed to have this relationship. This relationship needed to uh, remain maintained. And therefore, we were, uh, we were forced to go ahead and we were forced to accept the Torah. And as our, uh, as our Gemara goes on and as our Gemara tries to understand... What big punishments would go ahead and would potter the payment? So what would happen on once the Gemara is curious in a situation in which we have Malkos and Mamon, we have Kares and Mamon, we have Misa Bide Shamayim and Mamon, and would the cases of Kimle Biderabimine? Would the cases in which we are going to be high of such a grand, such a large punishment? So therefore, what's the point of being the high of somebody a smaller punishment? Would we apply this concept of Kimle Biderabimine or not? And that's really the topic of. Uh, the next, uh, daf, this entire third parak of Ilunaros, a tremendously, uh, peric that we have here tucked in in the middle of Perik, uh, uh the middle of the third parak of Maseches Ksubos. and uh, as we make our way through Daf, uh, Daf Chavtes and into Daf Lamid and Daf Lamed Ahmed Aleph, we're going to see how this becomes uh, practical. Should we find a situation in which al Litzlan, we would have two punishments that would uh, that would arise, and uh, which of those two punishments we would be obligated to go ahead and to pay. That is Maseches Ksubos, Daf Chavtes.